Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it as always, whether this is your first time listening or you've listened to every episode. Glad you're here. This week I'm interviewing Michelle Danner. Now she is a director and an acting coach. You know, we've talked in previous weeks with a lot of actors and actresses and their experiences on TV shows and movies, things like that. This is kind of part of that that series, if you will, where we're going to talk to somebody you're literally on the other side of the camera directing the the movies. We're going to talk to her about what it takes to be a director. What's the difference between directing and producing and writing movies? All these things. She's dabbled in uh, definitely a few of those. Um, she's, she's certainly dabbled in acting. We're going to talk about growing up and being in a, an entertainment family. Her, her father was, uh, was pretty big in, um, in entertainment. Uh, we're going to talk about the movies that recently came out that she directed. They both look amazing, so definitely check those out. Uh, it was a, it was an honor to talk to her. Uh, I, I think that you'll really enjoy hearing a little bit about uh, how to uh, to make it big, if you will, in acting. Some of the the tips she provides. She's got acting classes that are are still, I believe, available virtually um, and in person in in Los Angeles. But uh, I, I really enjoy speaking with her. I always like to hear kind of the background of, of uh, you know, a lot of different industries. You know, we've talked to people in all walks of life. That's what this podcast is about. This one, I really was happy to, to get someone behind the camera when we've talked to so many people in front of it. Uh, so hope you enjoy this one. Without further ado, here is my interview with Michelle Danner. I am here today with Michelle Danner. Michelle, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's kind of, I always like to kind of go back to the, to the very beginning. So this is where we, we talk about as much of your, your childhood, so to speak, as you want, but I kind of want to know just a little bit about how you got involved in entertainment. We know you now as a, as a director, but what, uh, what sparked your passion towards, um, I would assume kind of entertainment to begin with. I don't know whether you grew up wanting to be a director. Maybe that's the case, but, but what got you involved? No. So um, if you had to go back to the beginning, my father was an agent at the William Morris Agency, now William Morris Endeavor. And they had asked him to open the very first offices of the William Morris off the Champs-Élysées in Paris in the 60s. I was a little baby. So uh, in the mid-60s, we moved to... Um, to uh, Paris, where I had a childhood filled with uh, many events, but one of them was to, uh, I was very close to my dad, so he'd take me to work, I'd hide under his desk, and was privy to all these meetings, and my dad, my mom said that I would do imitations of Alfred Hitchcock and Ed Sullivan and Judy Garland for the the agents at the William Morris, and um, and, you know, I, I was raised in Paris with, with wonderful education, a love of literature. I attended acting classes at the Conservatory of Versailles, of Paris. And then I went on to New York. We moved back to the States when I was a teenager. And I studied with Stella Adler and I studied with Uta Hagen. And um, 
I was acting. I was acting quite a lot on stage in New York. And then I had a couple of screen tests that brought me to Hollywood, where I ended up relocating and started then to teach actors. A lot of actors wanted to coach with me. And that was the, I remember, I remember, I always say that all the important decisions in my life have taken place walking on the beach. So I was walking on the beach and I said, what do I do? I have all these auditions on one hand, but on the other hand, I have like all these actors calling me to coach them for these auditions. So I decided to, because I had studied a lot, I'd studied with Stella, like I said, and with Uda, I decided that I wanted to pass it down, that I wanted to pass down the knowledge that I had. And, you know, it was very quickly, quickly being very successful at teaching and coaching. And so that's where I went. And from there, everything, I think, if I look back, was a stepping stone to the next level. And then, so after I started teaching and loved working with actors, um, then I realized that I wanted to direct. I wanted to tell the story. I wanted to sign the painting. I wanted to stamp my signature on a particular story. So that brought me to direct movies. And to, up to now, I directed five feature films, mm. getting ready to direct uh, another film in the fall, a rom-com called Starstruck. So that was the evolution. That was the arc of starting out, being the daughter of the president of the William Morris Agency in Paris and progressing onto directing film. Yeah, no, it sounds like you, you've made quite a name for yourself beyond, you know, beyond growing up. So I think that's really cool. So just, I always like to kind of just take it down to the basic level for for people who are listening, because we talk to all kinds of, of different uh, people in all kinds of professions. So I don't want to assume that anyone knows, you know, the difference when it comes to different uh, roles within entertainment. So tell us exactly what it, it means to be a director, to direct a movie, you know, what the difference between directing and producing and writing and all this type of stuff is. So what is a director? The director is the captain of the ship. The director is the one that has a vision, the vision that will end up being on the screen. The director is the one that ends up picking the colors that go, the shapes, the forms, uh, you know, what that painting is gonna look like. And, you know, depending on what budget you're working on or if it's a studio feature or an independent feature or a very, very low budget feature, it'll be the degree to which the director has, you know, um, power to make choices because then comes in the producer who might have more power than the director and therefore, you know, uh, end up picking. Um, but so far in my five movies, they've been independent movies, I've been able to have final cut uh, and uh, there were varying different degrees of budgets. And, um, and I was able to make the creative choices to take ownership and therefore, to take responsibility. You know, I was telling one of my co-producers, I said, yeah, I mean, it's good when you get good reviews and they throw you flowers, but then when they throw you the tomatoes and they throw you the bad reviews, you have to be able to, you know, and I've had both, you know, I've had great and I've had, you know, people just always looking for an angle to tear you down. So I, I've had both, but um, I, I love directing. The only drawback is that it's a lonely job. You know, everybody comes to you and asks you many, many questions and you have to have the answer to everything. And, and yes, of course, you can say sometimes, I don't have the answer. I don't know. But you're not going to be able to say it too many times 
without people losing confidence in you and not trusting you. And a lot of what a director has to gain is the trust of their cast, of their crew. So if you are honest and you go, I don't know, I don't know, that's just not a good answer. <laughs> you, right. need, you need to know, you need to have answers because they come at you, these questions, a mile a minute. So right. you gotta be ready. Right. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. If you don't, you know, as, as I always say, if you don't know, then I can kind of, I can go and figure it out. I think that's the big thing anyways. So, so I guess, you know, we, I want to kind of get into the, the, your two most recent projects or at least, um, you know, a couple of them. And I've had an opportunity of looking at, at both of the trailers. I'm definitely not one of the, the, the tomato critics. I thought both the trailers looked amazing. I've not seen the the films, uh, but let's let's start talking first about Bad Impulse. Tell us a little bit about what that movie is about. Um, maybe some of the the people that are in it, because I did recognize several people from from the movie. Um, but just kind of give us an overview of Bad Impulse. Yeah, so Bad Impulse is a horror psychological thriller with supernatural, written by Jason Chase Terrell, friend of mine, wonderful writer. He entrusted me with his material. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get a wonderful cast on board. Sonia Walger, Grant Bowler, who was the first one to say yes. Paul Servino, the second movie that I worked on with Paul Servino. I did another movie with him called Bandit Hound. And um, just, a, just a great cast all around. And uh, we shot it during that time when there were the fires in LA. So we were evacuated. So we... Uh, we have our war stories, but ultimately the movie came out December 18th. Uh, it, people can find it everywhere. Um, and we've had some great response. People, and we did some festivals also, uh, which I was happy to go in person. It's nothing like sitting in an audience with a movie that you made and really getting the response viscerally from people that are around you watching. The first scene starts, you know, with a, <laughs> a bang. And I, uh, we had a premiere of the Chinese and people, uh, somebody said, you know, you seem so sweet and, and gentle. How did you direct, <laughs> you know, such a scary, violent movie? Well, it's not violent in every place. It's, it's definitely scary. It keeps people on the edge of their seats. But the first scene has some violence in it. And I said, I, I don't know. I'm the one that closes my eyes in the movie theater when I watch, when I watch scary stuff. But, um, but anyway, it's, it's enjoying, uh, you know, being released and there's great feedback on that. Um, and then I, I did a movie right before the pandemic called The Runner, where um, I was lucky enough also to get a great cast, Eric Balfour and Elizabeth Rome and um, uh, Cameron Douglas in introducing uh, a newcomer, Edouard Philippe Bonat, um, who gives a, an astounding performance all of them do. I just had a great ensemble cast, Carrie Metters and Jessica Emily, and just really lucky to have these great people. And that has been doing the festival circuit. So we premiered it at CineQuest, and we're going to be at the Ferrara Film Festival in Italy uh, next week, and then we're going to go to Ischia. And uh, we went to uh, we were in Houston at the World Fest, where we won for Best Suspense Thriller. And uh, my actors won some awards, and I've won, won some awards. So it's, it's winning a lot of awards all over the world. Hmm. And uh, we have a lot of distributors knocking at our door and we'll, my executive producers will make a decision as to who to go with. 
But um, we're excited about that movie. It's a suspense thriller. Also that uh, apparently, you know, people are really, really responding to it. And people are on the edge of their seats. That's, that's awesome. So what is it? You, you, you said that it's been on the, the festival circuit. Tell us exactly what that, that means. Um, well, we enter it in film festivals. Mm-hmm. And some people say yes. And some people say no. <laughs> Usually more people say no than yes. But no, you have to target your movie. You have to know which festival is a good fit. And, uh, you know, there's some film festivals where you want to premiere your movie at. We were happy to premiere it at Cinequest. It's a wonderful film festival. It's known to discover cutting edge material. And, you know, it was just a great film festival for us to start. And, and you enter it and people, you know, a lot of film festivals because of COVID have been virtual. But things are starting to reopen, as we know. And uh, so next year, it's not going to be virtual anymore. It'll be in person. Fingers crossed, knock wood. Yeah, knock on wood for, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, with the thing I've always wondered, obviously with actors, you know, there's, there's auditions and then, you know, big actors, they know someone who gives them parts or they read scripts and, and things like that. But how does that work with directors? Is there auditions or is it really just who you know that thinks, hey, this would be a good director for my project? Or how do you get projects as a, as a director? So far, every project I've been asked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people have asked me, hey, can you direct this? Can you, can you direct that? So I've been very lucky. I've had some wonderful projects that I've worked on. And I'm, like I said, uh, currently starting pre-production on a rom-com that's very unique, lots of fun, very funny. And um, I also have projects that I'm developing, ideas that I had. Well, actually, The Runner, I should say. Sorry, I'll take that back now. The Runner was my idea. I'm the one that came up with the story. I mm-hmm. saw a news report about, um, yeah, and I didn't tell you what the movies were about, but I, I saw a news report about, you know, how kids are forced by to get wired up by police enforcement to bring down the drug kingpin, the drug lord of the town. And um, Eric Balfour plays that drug lord. I, and I just started to cry. It really crushed me. It just broke my heart. And I woke up the next day and I wrote a three-page treatment. And I called my friend, Jason Chase Terrell, who's the writer of Bad Impulse. And I said, please, can you, um, can you write this story? I really want to tell. I really want to tell this story. And it made a difference. I realized, you know, when you as a director pick something that you really want to tell, you have to really want to tell that story. And I did. Um, and maybe that's why up to date, you know, uh, it might might have been the best movie that I've directed. Um, I didn't say what Bad Impulse was about, but it's about um, a father trying to protect his family. And they install this uh, a security system in their house after a home invasion. And so... You know, my sisters have always, you know, make fun of me because I have Alexa in the house. You know, they think it's like Big Brother watching over you. Uh, it talks to us without us asking Alexa anything. Uh, so, you know, it's it's that's the some of the themes that Bad Impulse brings up. It's this idea of you know Big Brother um, watching over you and what extent you would go to to save your family from harm, from you know, from evil actually. 
because <laughs> it's a horror movie. Um, so those are the, those are what the two movies are about. So they're dramatic, they're intense, they're suspenseful. That's what I'm looking forward to now working. The next, my next two movies will be comedies. So I don't know whether you worked in in that area before, but that was another question that I I had. It, directing different things, which which one have you found that you that you enjoy or you gravitate towards more? Obviously, with you know the runner, given it was your ideal and it was something a story that really kind of captivated you. I, I assume maybe you really like that. But but what area when it comes to horror or suspense or comedy or uh, romantic? I'm not really sure. But what what area do you think is is the most enjoyable to direct? I, I, there's two genres that I love. One is psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. I love that. I just love this like mystery, spy, espionage, pure psychological thriller. I love that. And I love comedies. I love romantic comedies. I love, you know, slapstick comedies. I just love, I love to laugh. So I love, I love lighter things. I have a good balance. You know, we watch, I have two boys and we watch a lot of different things. We watch some gruesome things and some scary things. But then we always balance it with, you know, we're still working through Shit's Creek. And so when we're having dinner, I say, you know, let's watch Shit's Creek. Let's watch something light. Let's watch Kimmy Schmidt. Let's watch something fun. So it's not all, you know, heavy and scary. Right. And the thing that always kind of is cool about those suspense or scary movies is sometimes, I mean, the, you know, the big box office ones, they take a lot of money sometimes to produce. So I just really commend people who have these smaller budgets and still pull it off sometimes even better than these box office, because it, it takes being creative sometimes to, to work with less and still, you know, produce a really cool, cool movie. I see it in my son right now. He just wrote a horror comedy called the night shift and I'm going to be one of the producers on it. And he doesn't have a big budget, but he has a huge imagination and he's got all these effects. He's got all this stuff, which I have no idea how we're going to pull it off, but we'll find a way. Uh, It's like a lot of fun. Um, So I think that when you don't have money, it forces you in a way to be more creative Mm because if you have the bucks, you can just throw at, you know, throw the money at it. I think it was Orson Welles that said, it's really only art if, uh, you know, you don't have, if you don't have the money. You have to really come up with it with your imagination. I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say it exactly like that, but he meant that. Yeah. Right. No, that's, that's, that's a cool aspect of, I think, independent films. It just how, how creative they really are to, to get what they, they need with the means that they have. So I think that's really, really cool. So tell us just a little bit, you know, that might surprise the average movie watcher about exactly how movies are made, whether it's the process of getting them even starting to be filmed, whether it's the filming process, but give us some exciting or uh, interesting, maybe surprising details about how the movie industry works. Well, it really, the first step, it really starts with having a great story. If you don't have a great story, you have to play catch up to it and and it's a problem. Um, But if you have a great story, first of all, you have a cast and a crew that is excited as well about telling the story, not just the director, but everybody's excited. They study, see the work, they see it coming together day after day after day, showing up on set. And so, you know, I've been on sets, not my sets, but I've been on other sets where people were delusioned, you know, they didn't think the movie was going to work. Sometime, ironically enough, the movie did work. 
in post, because there's three movies that you make. There's the movie that you see that's in the pre-production stages. There's the movie that comes to life when you're filming it. And then there's the movie that you put together in post. And that can be a completely different movie. How many times people have said, wow, I didn't think it was going to come out that good. Mm-hmm. And that happens. So, um, you know, every step, every stage of development uh, brings uh, surprises, uh, you know, discoveries, challenges, of course, always. There's always obstacles to overcome. But um, I think, you know, it's such a great process to, to make a mov- movie, to tell a story. But it starts with that. It starts with the story. What's the story going to be? And then, of course, you have to put pieces of the puzzle together in terms of your cast, in terms of your crew, who's going to be, who are going to be your, the artists that are going to support the story, the director of photography, the person that's going to film it, um, who's going to be uh, the editor afterwards or an editor that edits as you go along, which I like that very much. That's what I did in my two movies. I had an editor that was editing as we went along. Then you have, um, you know, you have the cast, of course, you know, who is the cast that you're going to pick, which I said that, but then the costume designer, a huge part of the puzzle, uh, the production designer, huge part of the puzzle. Um, everybody, you know, that's why when we watch a movie and you see the credits, you know, roll at the end, I mean, you're sitting there and a lot of people leave before the credits. I never do. I stay till the very end of the credits because it's really giving homage to all the people that worked on it. It takes, talk about a village, you know, it takes more than a village to make a movie. So yeah, it's, everybody has their job from the first AD to the UPM to the second AD. That's what I love also about filmmaking. Everybody has a job and every job is essential when you're part of that movie family. Every job is completely essential. So it's it's really, it's a beautiful thing. That's why I I started to direct film. Now I have to let you know that also a huge passion of mine is theater. And so I... um, I direct theater. I love theater. I'm con- I just had a rehearsal today with a wonderful actress, Anne Archer. Uh, we're doing a, a play called um, A Ticket to the Circus that we're going to film virtually first. Mm-hmm. And then we'll put it up on stage as, you know, things start to reopen more. Um, and it's uh, based on a memoir by Norris Church Mailer, who was the wife of Norman Mailer, and Bonnie Culver, a dear friend of hers, who wrote this one-woman show that is quite beautiful, incredibly well-written. And so um, I get, uh, you know, a lot of joy from directing theater. So that's also a big love of mine. Yeah, and when, when we're talking about movies and those surprising things, I, and I've, I've heard some of the things you said, and it did surprise me, you know, before talking to people and say, you know, this is bare, I, This is not even really the movie I, that I thought we filmed. Like even the actors, just because post-production sometimes does totally different things and changes the movie into something that people don't even recognize sometimes. Sometimes that's for better, sometimes it's for worse, just like you were saying. I also like kind of what you said about how everyone has their part because when you think about like, you know, just the, the somebody that's handling lighting, if, if the lighting's not right, you don't really notice lighting or something like that unless it's wrong, but if it's wrong, everyone is going to notice. So it is important. Every single, oh, yeah. every person has their role. So I like that. That's a lot. fine. It's not only the director of photography, but it's the gaffer and everybody that works with the gaffer. Absolutely. Yes. 
them. So tell us just a little bit about, you know, you, you alluded to it in the very beginning, but tell us just a little bit more about your, your acting classes. I have a very vibrant uh, acting studio, the Michelle Danner Acting Studio in the Los Angeles Acting Conservatory, which uh, offers programs for students of all levels. And uh, we, um, we've done a lot of Zoom classes during this lockdown, but we also have in-person classes. We've reopened since. And you know, I'm lucky I have this you know, extraordinary faculty of amazing teachers. Uh, and we offer, you know, because our technique is not uh, just one technique, I've developed a technique called the golden box, where I believe, you know, I've studied, like I said, I mentioned with Stella and with Uta Hagen. And so I, I believe that the actor today has to be well-versed in all the different acting philosophies. I mean, I remember, you know, studying with Stella Adler and rebelling as I was listening to her. Although I loved what she had to say, but I thought, hmm, it's only one part of the puzzle. I never believed in dogma. Dogma always made me want to run. Um, I, you know, but I didn't run because of course I wanted to listen to what Stella had to say. But I thought to myself, really, that's the only way to do it? Well, what about this way? Or what about that way? Or, or that way? And so uh, I studied all the different techniques and at our school, we offer, you know, Stella Adler classes. We offer Stanislavski classes. We offer Meisner classes. Uh, improv classes, of course, are very important for the actor uh, to keep, you know, their improvisational tools very sharpened and ready to go. Uh, voice classes and, of course, scene study and on camera. And there's a lot of, you know, techniques to learn. So I've been very lucky. I've enjoyed my Zoom classes quite a lot because they open up students that come in from all over the U.S. and all over the world. And I've always felt that the community of actors is worldwide. Stella used to say you should be able to go up to an actor anywhere in the world and introduce yourself and say, hi, you know, would you like to have a cup of coffee? And I've loved that. And I've done that all throughout my, my life. I've traveled to many. I mean, I remember sitting in the Champs-Élysées and having coffee with directors and actors. And I did that and in Budapest and I did it in Istanbul and I did it in Bogota, Colombia until two, three o'clock in the morning, passionate discussions about art and about politics and about literature. So um, I love this idea that this community of artists is worldwide. So tell us just a little bit, I, I guess, you know, we, we don't want to, we don't want to give away the price of your, your acting school, but for someone who is interested in being an actor, just some basic advice for, for making that happen. Yeah, so, um, you know, the first thing you want to do, if you wanted to be a doctor, you go to medical school. And if you want to be a lawyer, you go to law school. And if you wanted to be an accountant or a makeup artist, you would study, you know, those crafts. Well, it's the same thing. You have to find, uh, you know, the best school for you to study the craft of acting. And we're very competitive with a lot of schools. One of the things that I loved is when I studied with Uta Hagen, you know, she was with Herbert Bergdorf. They opened uh, down on Bank Street in New York, HB Studios. And they were offering at the time, and this of course was, you know, decades ago, classes for students for $5 a class. They made it very affordable. Now I'm not saying our classes are $5 because I believe that they didn't have rent to pay and they had like half the block. Uh, but um yeah, I just loved, you have to make acting classes affordable to, to students, you know, you can't. So we're, we definitely are in that, uh, in that place, you know, um, but um, you have to study, you have to learn, you have to learn the craft, so you feel confident, so you have clarity, uh, and clarity gives you confidence to be able to go out and book jobs and put your hat in the ring and, 
you know, audition. You're going to have to audition. You know, sometimes, listen, everybody's karma is different. Some people, you know, off the gate, they book, you know, their first job on a show or a movie and there it goes. And some people just have to, you know, hustle more. They have to work hard. Everybody anyway has to work hard. You know, I've worked with many Oscar winning actors and, uh, you know, every actor that experiences some level of success, they work hard. They have, you know, impeccable work ethic. So that's what you have to, that's what you're signing up for. And the good news is that if you, you know, have not had work ethic, if you've, gotten away with things a lot it's something it's a discipline that you can learn so that's the good news so do you think acting is a a completely learned skill do you think any of it is just inherent and not to say that even the people that that are are good at it naturally don't need education but do you think there's there's people that just it doesn't really matter how much they're going to to go to school that's just not in them or is it something that everyone can can learn Oh, well, I think that a lot of people have talent. A lot of people have talent. What you have to have is the talent for the talent. That's what you have to have. That that means you have to have the work ethic. So people ask me all the time, are they talented? Well, a lot of people are talented. It's not enough to be talented. You have to have the discipline. You have to have that work ethic that I was talking about. That's what's, what's important. I got you. I got you. So, you know, we, we've talked about a few of your projects. Um, I want to make sure that, that we cover any other ones that you might be excited about you, even if it means, you know, a stage show, you talked about that, but anything else that's in the works or things that you've done in the past that you're just really, really proud of? Um, you know, I'm proud of everything I've done. I wouldn't take anything back. I've learned everything has been a lesson. I've learned from all my projects. Um, I'm grateful that I have creativity because it makes waking up in the morning uh, a joy. It makes every day better to know that I am going to do something creative. Now, after I finish talking to you, I'm going to coach this wonderful young actor, this up-and-coming actor, um, who gets a lot of auditions. I really enjoy passing it down to the younger generation. I mean, I really do. And that's the reason why I teach and will continue to teach, I'm sure, for many years to come. Um, Because that, you know, gives me great joy. I also, I'm going to be very happy to be on set in the fall. Um, And I have several projects. I also have a short movie that uh, I'm going to shoot. it. So it's all good, you know. And then uh, with our movie now, with The Runner, we're going to Ischia Film Festival, which is a wonderful film festival in the island of Ischia close to Naples. So we're going to fly into Rome, and I believe the the Roman uh, Independent Film Festival wants to do a screening of The Runner. We're going to go from there to uh, Naples, to Ischia, and then maybe, uh, well, since I'm in Italy, take a little vacation (laughs) to Sardinia since we're there. But, uh, you know, listen, it's, it's great. I am very, very happy that not only I am creative, but I follow the journey of my friends, my students that are creative as well. And I have two kids that are enormously creative. So grateful for creativity. I think that's the, that would be the cool thing. I'm in education too, in, in higher education with a university, a little, little bit different, but still the same kind of thing where I just seeing people be successful, whether it's finishing their degree for you, maybe getting those auditions, 
getting some of those roles. I got, I got a feeling just that, that, uh, you know, the feeling that you get to, to see that your, your work with them is paying off and changing their life has got to be something really special. Uh, <laughs> it definitely is. Yes. And that's great that you're in education. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, we need great teachers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not pegging myself as a great teacher, but I, I, but yeah, we do need, we do need that for sure. So, so tell us just a little bit, you know, about how to find the movies. You said that they're everywhere, but, but can you, can you give us anywhere where we can find them? Yes, of course. Well, first of all, you know, uh, my, my website is michellebanner.com. The Instagram is michellebannerla, and that you can watch uh, Bad Impulse on uh, Amazon. You can watch it. Um, oh God, I mean, I don't know the other. I should have the list of the other outlets, but I think if you you know plug it in, it's it's everywhere to be found. Gravitas is the distributor, and they are a great independent you know film distributor, so they have it everywhere. Absolutely. Very and good. then in the fall, will the runner hopefully will be out in the fall. Sounds like something to to look forward to for sure. So you kind of already gave us a little bit of your information on how to connect with you, but how can people, you know, connect with you further? Whether it is what you just mentioned, and then how can uh, if somebody's interested, definitely given that it's on Zoom, but interested in some of those uh, those acting classes, how can they find those? Yes, so they can just go on michellebanner.com and the Los Angeles Acting Conservatory.com. And that will be a way to get in touch with, with the office. I have a very organized office that gets um, back to everybody really quickly. I got you. Well, I'll tell you, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. You know, I, I didn't know too much about directing. I don't claim to know too much now either, but it was just, it was nice to, to hear just a little bit more about it. To, uh, to be able to, to watch the trailers of your, your movies. Definitely going to check out the one that I can on Amazon. Uh, but but no, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's very nice to speak to you too. And that was my interview with Michelle Danner. Hope you enjoyed that. Definitely was an interesting one for me to, uh, to interview. Um, I, I just learned a lot about the entertainment industry, about directing, um, about producing and about acting as well. So if uh, if you're interested in any of those movies, definitely check out the ones she mentioned on Amazon. If you're interested in any of the acting classes, michelledanner.com. It'll be in uh, the show notes. But uh, just a, a pleasure to speak with. Uh, I I like to uh, I like to hear those uh, those backstories and and hear from people doing probably uh, jobs that most of us aren't. So uh, it was a pleasure speaking with her. Appreciate her being here. Appreciate you being here. Every week I, I say that, but I mean it for sure. Uh, if you're not already, please subscribe, follow, whatever whatever it is that you do. Uh, but definitely make sure to, to come back next week and uh, take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think or, hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.